Amen. Is God anybody's everything? Amen. Not just not just a little bit, not just a portion, but God is my everything. Amen. Is that is that anybody's testimony? That when I went through the mess in my life and I ran out of everything, that's when I realized that God truly was my everything. Right? When money was leaving me and, and health was fleeting me, I realized it was God the whole time. Amen. The secret, watch it, the secret agent, the secret agent, the undercover cop that kept my life on top of solid ground, it was God. It wasn't my job, it wasn't my wife, it wasn't my knowledge, my know-how, it wasn't none of that stuff. It was God doing things. I was thinking about this other day, keeping me from stuff I didn't even know was going on. Right, right. Keep keeping me safe from danger seen and unseen. It's, it's, it's real. I believe God has healed my body from sicknesses I didn't even know I had. The symptoms didn't even get a chance to develop before God eradicated it out of my life. Amen. Eradicated it out of my family's life. He's kept me. And because he kept me, I know he's my everything. Amen. He is my everything. That right there is a word, right? If you don't remember no notes from the day, if you don't get no takeaways, just know. You feel me on that, Jeremy? God, my everything. That's all I... Pastor preached about something, but what I took away from it is that God is all of it, right? He's the source, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, and everything in between. That's what my God is. Amen. I felt that. Hallelujah. So we are, I listen, I'm grateful, thankful, and happy to be before you guys. You see me breaking it down a little bit. Glad to be in the house on the day. Glad to have the opportunity just at another chance at this thing that we call life. Amen. It's good to be before you guys. It's good to, 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 to be in the house of the Lord, to be amongst the land of the living, as they say. Right? I may have a lot of stuff going on that ain't that good. Some problems, some issues. Got some bills that need to be paid. I got some assignments at school that got to be finished. Listen, I got to cut the yard when I go home. And this is, guys, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. But I'm glad to be in the house on the day. Amen. And I hope you are glad to be here too. Because I don't consider myself to be an arrogant or a cocky type of gentleman. But I believe that God has a word from his word for us today. Amen. Amen. So before we get into it, I obviously want to start by giving honor to God. Amen. My everything. Right, brother? My, what it's all for, the reason I'm able to come up here. The reason I'm able to function is because God is everything in my life and in my family's life. That's number one. Honoring our past, our first lady. They traveling. Hopefully they relaxing. And we thank God for them. Pray that he gives them traveling grace. Amen. Relaxation. How many people have ever been on a family vacation and you come back tireder? Right? That's the right word. Come on now. You come back tireder than you were before you left because you filled every corner of that vacation with something. And that could be counterproductive. So I pray God is rejuvenating them. They come back laxing a little bit more. You know, that, that, that little wiggle room in the spirit. Amen. And then we got a lot of families traveling. 
not just the first lady and, and pastor right so we pray for traveling grace for them we, 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 we see we miss their faces amen we know they're not in the house but we know that they're with us here in the spirit amen amen and then I want to give a shout out she left me I was going to give a shout out to the, to the Looper family right the Loper excuse me the Loper family Amen. It's always good to see the whole squad together. We was looking for you on Wednesday. Amen. But we glad to see the Loper family in the house. We got Deacon Shaw holding it down in the back for the Shaw family. Amen. We know that they they own no roads and whatnot. And the reason I point them two out, right, because those are our truck drivers in the house. Amen. So we pray that the, the road was good to you this week and God kept you safe make sure you got to your, your load on time. You got to lift it up and them straps didn't give you too much of an issue. Amen. So we thank you guys for it. And, and I think about that because recently me and my family, we went on a little vacation, right? And I ended up, you know, driving from here to our destination. It took about 12 hours. 12 hours to get from my point A to our point B. Amen. And that quickly made me realize that truck driving isn't my gifting, <laughs> amen. I was able to get through it. We had good conversation, fellowship, music. It was fine, but that wasn't my gifting. So my, my prayer is that God keep you guys strong while you're on the road, amen, and keep you guys where you need to be. And what I love about seeing my brother say, it's a stat that shows that when the man is in the church, the family's in the church, right? When the man is the leading force saying that we're going to go to the house of the Lord, amen, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord, you see the likelihood of the entire family going to the church, the likelihood of the entire family getting saved, amen. So we thank God for him. Thank God for brothers like Justin leading the family, getting them into the Lord's house, amen. Amen. So with that being said, I got a question for the house. Is anybody willing and ready to receive a word from the Lord on today. Amen. Regardless, fewer numbers, what you may have going on, I, if we have an expectation that I got something to give and he got something to give me, I believe God is going to meet whatever that need is, bring about whatever you need to know to be able to get you through to the next point. Amen. Amen. So if you are ready, I did this last one, if you're ready, I ain't going to make you do a lot. Just give me a, I'm ready. If you would just verbalize, I'm ready. We'll go ahead and get things going. Amen. So with that being said, let's pray and then let's get into God's word on the day. Amen. I believe we said, I am ready and let's get it. Father God, we thank you for just your presence being here today. God, we can feel it all throughout the room, God. We feel it, Father God. And while us believing and us knowing isn't predicated on a feeling, you're a real God. And sometimes, God, we feel that real feeling that comes over us. So, God, we thank you right now for your presence really being here and it really being what we need, it really fulfilling the gaps in our lives, the deficiencies that we may have, helping us to overcome the fears and the worries, the anxieties, Lord God, the, the reconciliation like my wife mentioned earlier, Father God. Whatever it may be that we lack, we know that it can be found in your presence. So, God, we thank you first and foremost that your presence is here. God, that you and your word are going to do the heavy lifting. God, I thank you. There's no pressure on me as long as I stick to what you've said. God, I thank you right now that people who came in with heavy burdens, they're going to leave with lightened loads. 
So, Father God, as we submit ourselves in this time and in this moment to hear from heaven, Father God, we pray that you be glorified by it, that we be made better by it, God, and that you get the glory from it all. So, God, we honor you, we thank you, and we love you, and we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you do have your Bibles, we're going to be coming out of the book of Mark chapter 12, and we're going to be reading verses 41 through 44. If you don't have it, it should be on the screen. Coming out of Mark. Chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, and I believe I, I sent Caleb the NLT version if you care. But the Bible says this. It says that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the people, or excuse me, watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich, rich people, they threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said this, he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave, watch this, they gave out of their wealth, but she, she gave out of her poverty. She put in everything, all she had to live on. And so if you're a note taker like I am and you want to put a, a title to this text, I would tag it as this, Getting God's Attention. Getting God's Attention. Amen. And so revisiting this text, we see here where Jesus, he's sitting and he's doing what I like to do so often when I'm in the mall or I go to the airport or something like that. Jesus is people watching, right? And it says that he's watching the people as they put their offerings into the collection plate. And the Bible tells us that he's not saying anything, he's not doing anything in particular, he's just watching, right? He's in the cut. And he's sitting there, he sees the people coming, right? And he sees the wealthy people coming. You can probably tell who's a wealthy person as they're approaching into this treasury box. And he sees them putting their large amount of offering into this offering. Now, the offering that he was watching, it, it, it was in a container called a treasury box, right? And it was located within a, 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 per, a, a perimeter of the temple area that was only accessible, well, excuse, it was only accessible for women, meaning women couldn't get into the deeper levels of the temple where you can make additional offerings. And so he's seeing this. And he's seeing this, this, this treasury box that was called, it was called a trumpet. And the reason it was called a trumpet was because it was a metal container and it was, it was shaped like in a cylinder fashion, kind of like a trumpet is shaped, right? Like a small top, like a, and it expanded out. Now, during this time, think about this, there was no paper money, right? So as you're sitting here watching people give into this treasury box, this trumpet, you could hear the rattling of coins as they will go into it most likely. You could hear how often someone would make an offer, and you could tell what type of offering people were given. 
wealthy people, they may come in, they may have a handful of gold coins, and when they drop it in, and you go, ring, it probably sound like, and y'all ain't going to know this because y'all all say, it probably sound like somebody hit the jackpot at the casino, right? So you, it, it, but you knew, Brother Harlight, man, listen. <laughs> but you can hear the type of offering that people was giving, right? But then it says that Jesus, he sees the poor widow woman. And she come, and I wish I had, she just had two little copper coins, right? And these two little copper coins, y'all, it moved God, right? The, the, the widow gave these two copper coins. They were known as leptas, L-E-P-T-A-S. These coins, they didn't hold much value. I went and I kind of dug, and I wanted to see, okay, what will be the currency exchange for these two copper coins today? And the breakdown, y'all, broke down to where the offering will be less than a penny. Less than a penny is what she gave. Amen? And I can imagine, right, she throw her two little copper coins in there, and it probably barely made a rattle. Right? They probably so light, they probably fell straight to the bottom, they hit a wall or nothing. And the Bible says that Jesus is sitting there, and he's watching this, and he sees this widow present her offering to God, and it moved Jesus so much that he had to call the crew over. He had to call his disciples over and say, listen, let me talk to y'all about something. He shared in that moment with his disciples a truth that he witnessed when he saw that widow. And here's the truth. God is not moved by the quantity of your gift. He's moved by the quality of your gift. The quality of your gift is what gets God's attention. It's the quality of it. So Jesus, he calls his disciples and he tells them that that little widow lady who just gave them two little copper coins, she done outgave all them folks. Right? She outgave them because of where the offering came from, right? And this is the part that, that blessed me. Where the offering came from, it came from a place of lack, right? We, we'll, we, we think you give from a place of abundance, right? Press down, shaking together, running over. I'm, I got enough for everybody. And that's good, and that's God. But when you can give from a place of lack, I'm seeing here that it, 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 spidey senses go off. It gets God's attention, amen? It, listen, it's easy to give one when I got two. That, that's not a struggle for me. If I got two and you need one, there you go. You good, right? But when I got one and you need one and I give you my one by faith, that's what gets God's attention. Amen. That's what God, that's what gets his attention. And that is what Jesus saw in that widow woman. Her giving from a place of lack and not from a place of surplus. Amen. And we've, everybody can, can testify to being in a season where you've been in lack and that, that urge to hold on to everything that you got can become overwhelming because you feel like I have to keep this. Amen. But watch this. Somebody write this down if you're a note taker. A sacrifice isn't a sacrifice if you don't feel it. If you don't feel 
the sacrifice, babe, I'm going to tell you, it ain't a sacrifice. Not really a sacrifice. Amen? So here's the takeaway I want you to understand today. He's more interested in where your offering comes from than what the offering is. Amen? What do I mean by this? When Jesus was talking about this widow woman to his disciples and how he was moved by the fact that she gave out of poverty, this is what I was thinking. I was like, what's so great about giving out of a place of poverty, right? Like if God has blessed me and I give, I remember my wife be uh, really more than me. We'll talk about, hey, you know, if I ever hit the lottery, we, hit, we come up on 500 million. Listen, Lighthouse going to get a real nice church. Amen. Like, I could talk off the Hey, we can get a real nice church with 50, 60 million. Amen. And that's speaking from a place of surplus, and God will be blessed by that. But he's blessed also when I only got this much, and I'm still going to contribute to the church. I'm still going to contribute my time, my talent, my giftings to the, I don't mean so much the church, the work of the Lord. Right, serving God. And God uses different places and spaces to be avenues and venues for him to be able to be served and to be useful in the earth. So don't get so hung up on coins and, and lighthouse. Take the theme away. Amen. What we're talking about a God wanting you to give what you got to him. Right? So you can come and you can give from a place of surplus. And I was thinking, what's so great about it? But when you give from a place of poverty, watch this. When you give from a place of brokenness, that's a sacrifice. When you give from a place of brokenness, it speaks to the amount of trust that I have in God. It speaks to how much I trust God. If God has told me to give and I give, I give knowing that what I've given will be given back to me by God. That is not my job, it's not circumstances, it's not my hustle that's going to make it happen for me. It's going to be God making a way like he's done so many times for us in my life. Amen? Let me tell you a quick story and kind of just testify for this. I remember a time where me and my wife, we were living in Memphis, Tennessee, right? We were living in Pearl, Mississippi first. And she was going through medical school. She finished her medical school program, got accepted into a residency program in Memphis, Tennessee. And at the time, I was working at a company called CarMax. And so I requested for me to be transferred to Memphis so I can kind of prepare her way until she finished her schooling and then she started her residency program in Memphis. And so we get to Memphis and listen, people, people don't really always know your upbringing and your background story, but I always just get such a kick out of it because we were spending time with her uncle and aunt recently and this was, the, this was the uncle and aunt that allowed me to sleep on their couch for two months while I was trying to let some checks collect so I can get a down payment to get this apartment, right? Sleeping on the bumming on their couch, like, let me wash the dishes. I got to do something to help out around here, right? And so we were in this process of transitioning from Pearl to Memphis, and we had a house that we owned, and we were moving, and we got to Pearl, I mean, we got to, um, to Memphis. And what happened is this. We were in a place, young couple, just starting out, trying to get things together, in a place where we were having to carry a mortgage and a Memphis, you know, apartment note, Right? You remember this poop? And I know she like, mm-hmm. Now, don't get it twisted. She was in the residency program, but she wasn't making no, no doctor money, right? And so this was a strain on us financially. And I remember we were, we were visiting a lot of different churches, a lot of good churches in Memphis, and we were going to different ones. But this one particular Sunday, we went to, ironically, a church called Oak Grove Missionary Baptist Church. 
Like my pool, pool remember. And so we get there this Sunday, and we will always come in, and it was a big church. We'll go into the balcony. We were watching service, and on that particular Sunday, there was a lady there who was a member of the congregation who had come up on some hard times, right? Financial situation came about. I can't remember if she lost her job or her husband. In the winter case, maybe she was a single mother. And the pastor made it aware or made this known to the congregation. It was like, listen, if God speaks to you, come and sow into her life, right? And in droves, we saw all these people coming from these different corners of the church, and they saw going to her and, and, and giving her money and things of that nature. And clear as day, I heard God say to me, Harold, I, he said, go and give to her, right? Now, granted, she was in a financial bind, but so were we. <laughs> you feel me? She was, in a, she was in a hardship, and we was in a hardship, but I heard God say it. And this and this how sporadic and spontaneous it was. We ain't had no cash. I'm like, baby, you got something. She ain't got nothing. She happened to have a checkbook. And I don't even like writing checks, period, let alone to a stranger. Man, I write this check out. I don't even remember how much it was, 102. It was something that was significant to us. And I wrote it out. I ain't even put the, I left the name section blank because I ain't even know the lady's name, right? And I got this check, and I made my way down from the balcony, and I put it in her hand. I, was, I remember telling the lady, God bless you. And I remember thinking to myself, God bless me. We ain't really got, <laughs> we ain't really got to be given. But I heard what you said, God, right? And I kid you not, and I'm not going to go into the whole details of this house that we had. It wasn't really, we still scratch our head how that house sold because it was a weirdly shaped house, right? And four weeks after we made that offering, we got an offer on our house and ended up selling the house that we had in Jackson, amen? And we always go back to that, right? I always remember in those times where we're struggling about how much we're going to give or, or, or how committed we're going to be to a cause that God is faithful, right? It was like clockwork. We got that, that lady called us and said somebody made an offer on your house. And I looked, I said, mm, see, I'll be, be hearing from the Lord. <laughs> but I always think about that, right? It was four weeks after that they made this offer. So this is what we got to do, y'all. We got to give up. And, and here's the point I wanted to make about that, about it being a, 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 a sacrifice before I move on. This was a big church, y'all. It was Mercedes, all this kind of stuff. It was a lot of people in there that probably gave 50, 100, 200, 500, and then break a sweat, right? But when I scratched out my little 100, I felt it. That's the point that I want to make. I, I felt it. I knew that was taking away from something else, but it was giving into something much greater. Amen? And so that's the thing. We got to get rid of the notion that what I have isn't enough or it isn't worthy, right? Because when you will give it to God, God can take a little and make a little a lot, amen? He, he can take a little bit and make it a whole bunch, amen? And, I, and again, I hope nobody's listening to this and hearing this message and thinking I'm talking about money because guess what? God don't need our money. I ain't talking about that. This is about are you willing to give what you've got, right? Are you willing to give what you got in service to the Lord despite how small, how insignificant, or how insufficient others might think it is, 
Will you give your two copper coins, right? If your two top copper coins are, are greeting every Sunday, will you give that to God? If it's being like Sister Mariah, y'all so good, glad to see you. If you're getting up here and lending your voice to the worshiping of God, if that's your two copper coins, will you give it? Right? It's about that. Because here's my thing, y'all. God has a track record of taking a little bit and making it a lot of bit. Right? Right? We, we see in Scripture, he took two fish and five loaves, fed the multitude. Right? You see where in Scripture... The prophet uh, Elijah goes to the woman, just got a little bit of oil, a little bit of, little bit of flour. God takes that little bit and makes a lot out of it, right? So my question to you is this. Is that type of living, is that type of thinking your life? That giving the little bit that you got, is that your life? Are you willing to allow God to take your little bit and make a lot of it? Amen. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing we contemplate. That's the thing we have to understand, right? Are you holding on to sharing your faith because you don't know a lot of the Bible, right? I remember watching shows and, uh, like, videos on YouTube about, like, apologetics, which is the, the defense of the faith. And there will be this guy, he'll go up and he'll debate scripture with a Muslim or a black Hebrew Israelite or all these different type of sects and different, you know, denominations, whatever the case may be. And thinking, I could never do a lot of that stuff, right? They, they arguing, and then next thing you know, they speaking in Greek. And I'm like, how am I going to shut my faith? I don't know how to do all of that. But I heard somebody say this to me one time. They said, nobody can argue your testimony, right? Like, I may not, I may not have a, a, a know the verse in, in Job and Habakkuk and all these. I know, listen, in chapter 2, verse number 3 of the book of Taj, God made a way in this way for me, Right? And I can use that to share my faith. It may not be but two little coins, but I can still use it. I can still share it because somebody shared their two little copper coins with me and God took that little bit and planted a seed and somebody else came and they put their little two little copper coins into the offering of the service of God. And then somebody added the seed, somebody added some water. God added the increase. He gave the increase. Amen. So don't hold on to that. A lot of the messages that Jesus gave were so simplistic, they were so rudimentary that an illiterate farmer could grasp the concept of the kingdom of God, right? It may not have seemed like a lot, but in God's hands, it was more than enough. Amen? Think about this. I was reading as I was preparing this. This just blew my mind. Watch this. That a single apple seed, only apple seed, during a harvesting season, that apple seed, you put the apple seed in the dirt, put some water, some sun, it grow and make some apples. 300 apples can be produced from that one apple seed. It don't stop there. You take them apples from those 300, put those in the ground, put some water, some dirt, some sun, 1,500 seeds can be produced from those 300 apples. You keep doing the math. You take them 1,500, put them in the ground, put some dirt, put some water. Watch this. 450 Apple seeds, or apples rather, can be birthed. 450,000 apples can come from an apple seed. And those 450,000 apples can make 2.2 million more apple seeds from that one, right? From that one apple seed. What does that tell me? That God's math is rooted in making a little bit a lot of it. Amen? That's the, that's the economy 
of the kingdom is taking a little bit and making a whole bunch out of it. Amen. But watch this. What you don't want to do is take this gift, take this offering, and bury it. You don't want to bury it because you don't think it's enough for God to use. But watch this. Instead of burying your offering, your gifting, whatever that might be, don't bury it, plant it. Right? Plant it. What, what, what does that mean? When you bury something, you bury it with the expectation that it's dead. I ain't never buried something that I thought was alive. I don't bury things that I think are living. My expectation is that it's dead. But when you plant something, come on, when you plant something, what's the expectation? Expectation is growth that is going to produce a harvest. So instead of burying it, you plant it, right? This, this, this old woman, this, this poor widow had her two copper seeds, had her little bit. And she had every reason to hold on to it, right? She had every reason to bury her faith, right? Every reason to bury that hope that she would have had. She had every reason to bury expectations and watch this commitment. She had the reason to, but she didn't, right? Instead, she, she planted it. And see, during this time, if you was a widow, you was in a bad spot in life. If you was a widow. Why? Because you were seen as helpless, marginalized. You would be exploited. You see sometimes where uh, a widow will be, um, will be pursued by a creditor, and the creditor say, well, your husband dead, and he owed me this, so now I need your sons to go into slavery. Right? They'll be exploited. They're vulnerable, impoverished. They can't go out and work for themselves. They're lonely, and they're isolated. You got to think, you got to... Take it off the pages. This is why I love to take it off the pages and put it into a person. Like, that was a real situation for them. But listen to this. Your current state, however you may be, widow, this widow state, right? That is a table that God has set to show up for you, right? You can't eat without a preparation, right, without a table being set. And that's what he does. God... He sees your helplessness, and he says to you, you helpless, but my grace is sufficient. He'll set the table and show you himself. He'll see you marginalized, and he'll say, I, I, I've come to set the oppressed free. That's the role that I play in this equation, right? You're vulnerable, and God will say, I've given you power to, to, to withstand. I'm going to increase your strength in this time of vulnerability, right? So when you plant what God has given you, God is saying you're going to reap a harvest of all the stuff that you lack, right? Plant that seed of faithfulness, a seed of fruitfulness, a seed of commitment. Plant that and see God add to it, amen? And while I was thinking about this, the topic that God brought to my mind was the story of Cain and Abel, right? We all know Cain and Abel. And in Genesis, God received two offerings. One was from Cain. The other one was from his brother Abel. And the Bible says that Abel's offering was pleasing to the Lord. And because it was pleasing to him, that God accepted it. Right? But it says that Cain's offering was rejected. I don't want that. Get that out of here. 
And the rejection didn't come because of the quality of it. Or excuse me, it didn't come from the quantity of the offering, how much he gave. The rejection came because when he gave it, he lacked sincerity. Right? Like, yeah, and this is, my son's not in here. This morning, I was talking to him in memoir for teaching him, trying to teach him about, you know, you get some money, you save a little, you buy a little bit, you give some, right? So this morning, I'm like, TJ, get you a dollar out your wallet, and because uh, you're going to put a dollar in the collection plate today. And he, why got to give a dollar? Well, you pull the money out to make sure it's just a dollar, all this extra stuff. Sister Lisa was going through with a basket, and I was sitting here, and I'm like, he'll come up to me, Daddy, you'll put it in for me? I'm like, no, you put it in yourself. And I said, my son, take a little dollar out of his pocket and just throw it in the basket. I said, God, I don't want that dollar like that, boy. <laughs> right? Like, it may have been a lot for you. You may have thought it was a bunch, but the quality of that offering just ain't up to snuff, boy. So I'm going to talk to him when we go home. I ain't going to mention that. I mention it up here. But, but it's the quality of the offering, amen, that gets his attention, amen. And because that offering wasn't sincere, it didn't get the reaction from God that Cain wanted it to get, right? Right? He was just, well, who, can, who can testify? Going through the motion. I showed up to church today. I came to work today. I'm still, I mean, I'm still with my wife. Like, I ain't left for so like I'm still, you know, I'm serving God as a, a, you know, the man of my house. Mm, no, it's, it's not just doing it. It's not just being there. It's the heart of it. You know what I mean? It's not just giving. It's, it's where the giving is coming from that matters to God. So this is the point that I want to get across today. I know we already know that God is my everything. And if you didn't get any other points from the day, this is what I want us to get. And I've said this several times because I really want to drill this in because Lighthouse, I love about Lighthouse. We don't talk about, we ain't, it ain't about offerings and givings and two plates coming by and all that mess. This isn't about gold. It's not about copper coins. The message is not about giving money to Lighthouse or none of that. The message is this. Your life is the offering. Your life, your gifting, right, your skills, your talents, your abilities, your conversation. Certain people that can only talk to certain people, right? And if you hold on to that, you miss an opportunity to share with certain people, right? There's certain spaces that Lulu can work, can operate in and, and talk and minister and invite that I can't and vice versa. But when you don't see your life as an offer, a offering to the service of the Lord, take the coin collector out, take the money, my, is what God has given me. He ain't just gave me money. He gave me, uh, he's given me experiences and he's given me a look and he's given me a way of speaking. All of that stuff is into the service of the Lord. It ain't just the money. So am I doing it? Am I giving it? Is my life my offering? And if it is my offering, am I giving God my best offering? Am I giving him my best or am I going through the motions, right? So regardless of how much God's giving you, some got a little, some got a lot, some people, whatever the case may be, if the heart ain't right, it don't move the needle. It don't move the needle. And what's so crazy, you may not even, it can look like it, but I don't, I don't know how it works. But if the heart ain't, if the life, like you can have a preacher that can come up and give you all the big words and can, and can tune up and all this stuff, but if the life isn't right, 
You may be entertained, but it's not going to impact your life, right? There won't be any fruit that comes from it, right? So when this time God's saying, get the life right before you worry about how much the offering is or isn't, because that's what really matters, right? Get the life right, regardless of how much it is. I was thinking about this. Praise team. Y'all sound good. They, good job, Mariah. I'm proud of you. God ain't concerned about if you can hit that high note or that low note or whatever, whatever note it is, right? He's concerned that are the words that you're saying words that you truly mean, right? You can go up there and sound like me. I was, I was singing the other day, y'all, and I was thinking, you know how when you got in a car and you could turn the bass way up, then you could turn it way down and it sound real muffled? That's how I sing, right? But, but I'm going to sit over there and I'm going to sing because Lord knows I'll be meaning it when I'm singing it, right? He's not concerned about how if you can hit that run, Keith. That's not what he's worried about. Amen. He, he, he's not checking for who said the loudest amen or who gave the biggest. It's none of that stuff. Are you receiving my word into your life so you can be transformed into the image of Christ? That's all it really is supposed to be about. Right? When you, when you, when you 85 and 90 and you laying in the hospital bed surrounded by your family, praise God, and you're getting ready to transition into glory, why are you going to be thinking about all that other stuff, right? My position in my company that I retired from 20 years ago, no, right? The cars and the houses that's paid off or been repoed away, no. Am I leaving a legacy to my family that lets them know that following God is the only way to go? That's the real one. Amen? So, so all the, the faking and the pretending, and the, it, 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 I'm going to tell you that it don't work. It doesn't work. And God told me this is where I was praying in my study last night, and he just kept telling me, when you go up there and you give this message, be real. Because the other stuff don't work. It's fake. It's, it's fugazi, right? None of it really matters. It doesn't move God, and it don't get his attention. Amen? Genuine praise is what arrests his attention. A sincere prayer is what's going to reach the ears of God and not just hit the top of the ceiling. Amen? In my marriage, am I giving God my best in my marriage? In my role with Lighthouse, am I giving God my best in my role at Lighthouse, right? When I don't feel like getting up early to prepare for a Bible study or prepare for a sermon or to try to consecrate myself, well, I do it anyway. Right? When I get up with boogers in my eyes and have sleep, and I, when I take my two little coppers, and still give it to God, right? When you don't feel like coming to church and best and what is it, bedside Baptist be sounding real good. You know what I'm saying? You pull your phone, you got an alert from TDJ stream or something. You're like, listen, I can get it in right here. <laughs> Amen? But will you take those two little copper coins and give it to God? Amen? Will you do that? That's the question that we have. Are you giving God your best when it's requested and not when it's convenient? And we find, we see this so often, at least I know I, I see it, when you have children, because they need so much stuff, and you can't just give it to them when it's convenient. When they hungry, they got to eat, right? When they wet, you got to change them. That same commitment is what God does for us, right? Like, he's been sinning all week, but I ain't going to let him run into that pole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's he, he been cheating and, and, and clocking in and going on break for a whole month. I ain't going to let him get fired, though. I know he'll get it right next week, right? He does it when it's not convenient or when you're not worthy of it, all that stuff. 
So when you give God your best, it comes from that place, right? A place of, of faith, and it gets God's attention. Amen. So this is what we're going to do real quick. I want to go over three things that happen when you've gotten God's attention. Three things. And the first one is when you've gotten his attention, God is going to test you. He's going to test you. I know somebody was waiting for like a, like a God going to bless you. God is going to test you when you've gotten his attention. And so in the book of Job, in the first chapter, we're going to my boy Job, so y'all already know. This is what it says, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Right. There's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright. He's a man who fears God and he shuns evil. Satan came to the Lord saying, man, these folks, if you didn't bless them like you did, they wouldn't be studying you. They, would, they wouldn't do half the stuff they do for you. And because of the way that Job was living, what, what the Lord say? Okay, have you, have you considered Job though? How was, a, how was God able to recall the consideration of Job? Job had gotten God's attention by the way he was living. And so God, he'll test those that he knows he can trust. He'll test you when you've gotten his attention and he knows that he can trust you. When you've been faithful in your giving, that's what gets his attention and it gives him the green light to trust you in a test because it shows him that you are going to trust him in abundance and in lack when it's popular and when it's out of style right that's the thing about getting a little bit older it ain't really old getting older though you start to realize the fads and the trends they come and they go and I get seasick living a life like this <laughs> right I'm much better living a calm life. Peace be still to my life. I'm not chasing after that stuff. Is my life consistent and congruent with a life that's anchored in trusting the Lord and not going with every whim? Will I trust him when it's popular and when it's out of style? And this is why for a lot of us, we're going through a season and it's tough, right? It's a struggle. That's when bedside Baptist sound good if you're even thinking about church, right? But maybe you're going through this season because you've gotten God's attention, right? And he knows that I can trust you with this test because you've shown your faithfulness to me, amen? So he'll, he'll give you a test in a second. He'll use you as an example. He'll use you as an example. And this comes straight up out of scripture, Mark 12 and 43, where he calls the disciples over. He says, look at that widow over there, right? She's putting more into that treasury than anybody else. She's out giving them all. Don't be surprised when God starts to let other people see your process, right? Don't be surprised when, when he kind of lets people see behind the curtain of your life. 
how you're moving, how you're operating. Because you've done something, right, that's gotten his attention. And then he knows I can use her, I can use him, I can use them as an example, right? He, he, he noticed the faithfulness of the widow and was moved to the point where he felt it was necessary for them to come over so that Jesus could use this widow as an example of what genuine faithfulness and sacrifice looks like. Think about that. Imagine your life, you're living your life in such a way that when God sees it, if Jesus were to see it, he had to call everybody over and say, hey, hey, huddle up. Look over there. Look at Jeremy. You see what he just did? That's how you do it. More than anything else, fortune and fame, that's what I want. <laughs> For God to see my life and it be lived in such a way to where he can use that as an example, a case study for Christian living, right? So that's what you want, your life to be used to bless people that you don't even know are watching you. You don't even know they peeping you out. And a lot of, if you like me, I get all of my assumptions about people from just watching them, right? We'll go and talk and converse, but people put a mask on. I'll sit back and I'll watch how they move, right? how consistent they are or they aren't because their actions are going to speak more than what their words are going to say. Amen? There's a famous quote from St. Francis of Assisi. Right? Man of God. St. Francis of Assisi. It's this quote. I love it. It says this. Preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel all the time and when it's necessary, use words. What is that saying? My life, right, should be an open book. My, my, my life should be an epistle that speaks to the goodness of God, that speaks and preaches the gospel to people, right? That's what it should be. And when you've given your all to God, even when it comes from a place of brokenness, it gets God's attention. And when it gets his attention, you'll, you'll begin to see how God is able to use your brokenness, your lack, your poverty, right, as an example for other people. Amen? And then this is the last one. When you're faithful and, and when you're sacrificial and you're giving, it gets his attention. And when you get God's attention, God will provide. He'll provide for you. In, in, in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 or 22, classic example, we see Abraham who had prayed and prayed and prayed for a son. And God blessed him with a boy. And he enjoying that boy, right? But then God comes and he says, I need that boy. Right, I need you to make a sacrificial offer to me. Right, and so in verse twenty, in chapter twenty-two, we see Abraham lead his son Isaac to the land of Moriah. Shout out Moriah! And in an act of obedience, Abraham he I can go so 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 much into this because because he goes and he prepares a place for the offering. But before he goes, this is. This is what I love about Abraham in this particular story. He leaves his servants. And he says, me and the boy, we're going to go up to, we are going to go up a little bit higher, a little bit further to worship the Lord. We'll be back. This is before he knew the end outcome. 
he says, we'll be back, right? That already speaks to the faith that he had in God. Then I think it's in Hebrew, when you read into it, it talks about the faith of Abraham and how Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. Why? Because he believed, he had faith enough to believe that God will resurrect him from it, from the, from the slain. And so in the act of obedience, Abraham, he prepares to give up his only son to God as a sacrifice. And as he's preparing to do this, this is what the scripture says. It says, God will provide, this is, this is what Abraham was saying, God will provide a sheep for the burning offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught, in his, caught by his horns in the thicket in a bush. So he took that ram, and then he sacrificed that ram as a burnt sacri- offering in place of his son beautiful example of God stepping in just in the nick of time and providing for you what you can provide for yourself. But the point that I want to take from this is that before the provision came, the commitment and the sacrifice was already made. He already had a made up mind that this thing here, oh, I'm going to feel this. This is a sacrifice I'm going to feel probably for the rest of my life. There's going to be a guilt. There's going to be a shame. There's going to be remorse. There's going to be a grieving that I take with me for the rest of my life. And I'm going to do it. Told me to do right. What kind of life? What the kind of life? What kind of life is that? I want. I was, I was preaching on this before. That's so hard. I, we pray for our children. I pray for TJ. For our TJ. It'd be hard for me to, with a straight face. I said, be real with a straight face. Be like, yeah, I got you, God. I, I don't know if I can. You know, I don't know if that would have been able to be, to be done by me. But we have to make decisions based off of off of faith and trust, not fear and feelings. I, feel, I was talking to a brother the other, one day, and I talked about how feelings are good. Good to have feelings. They can be in the car with you, but they can't be behind the steering wheel. They can't drive your decisions. They can't drive your motives. They can't drive even your expectations. But faith Faith is going to always lead you. It's going to guide you. It's going to be a lamp to my feet. It's going to be a light to my path. It's going to get me where I need to go. So I'm going to follow and I'm going to lean on my faith. Amen. But as long as we do this, y'all, as long as we hoard gifts, time, talent, treasures, abilities from God, or if we try to skim off the top a little bit, right, we might be blocking blessings from God, right? Once we're doing it, we might be blocking. If we're saying, I'm going to church, right? I'm giving my tithes and stuff like that, but listen, man, I'm, this is just the way I talk. I got to listen. I've been talking like this for a long time, and God ain't worried about the stuff I say. As long as you try to hold on to this little stuff you think is insignificant, isn't worthy of a sacrifice, it's going to be a, a stoppage and a blockage that you don't even know. Right? But God said, no, give me, I need your tongue too. I'm glad I got your life and you, so I need your tongue. I need it all. Right? If I'm your everything, give me your everything. But we'll hold on to it. It can be blocking us, guys. And so I want to say this. When we're obedient and when we're sacrificial, and this is the last scripture, this is what the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, it says this. God will generously provide all you need. 
and say, me, you, all you need. He's going to generously, speaks to the heart of giving even from God. He's going to generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Right? That's the formula. Right? And this doesn't say that you give unto yourself, God going to make you rich. Right? That God, all this other stuff, the, the prosperity gospel, it's not saying that. But God's going to give you what you need and then some. Right? You're going to have enough healing that you can go and help somebody else get healed. Right? You're going to have enough faith to where you can go and have faith for somebody, bring somebody to the faith. Right? Wisdom. Give me, God, give me enough wisdom to share with others my wisdom. He's going to give you everything you need and there's going to be plenty left over. Amen. Amen. So if we will, let's stand. Amen. I, I want us to stand and we're going to wrap this service up and wrap this message up, amen, with a, with a prayer. I know that this is a message that prayerfully spoke to a lot of people, right? Especially in the area of, of giving, in the capacity that we're talking about, right? Because giving is hard when you feel like you don't have enough to give. It, it, it can be scary and tough. Um, but watch this, y'all. When you give like that, it's a beautiful act of worship to God. When you give from a place of brokenness, it's a beautiful act of worship. Right? You think about God giving his only begotten son. That act of giving, it was not pretty. It wasn't glamorous. If you've seen the passion of the Christ and that, that reenactment of what happened, it probably was worse. It was gruesome, but it was beautiful at the same time because of what it meant for me, what it meant for you, Right? And so when this time, as we prepare to pray, I just want to open up the altar because I, I want to make sure we understand the offering is your life. And if you haven't given your life to Christ, this is an opportunity, right? I, I would be remiss not to say this is a safe space for you to start afresh and have a new beginning. So if you haven't, we're here to pray with you, amen. And if you have and you've fallen out of fellowship and you want to reconnect and recommit, we can altar's open. We can pray. We can recommit. We can, you can say, God, this is messed up. Like last time you seen me, it's a whole lot worse than, than it was before, right? But God's saying that's not what I'm worried about, right? What I'm worried about is a true, sincere worship and a commitment to me. That's it. Keeping it, that's all it is. And so if that's you, the altar's open. Third thing, if God has been dealing with you by partnering with Lighthouse, we want to let you know this opportunity for you to come and you can publicly join in this work with us. Uh, so if you would like to uh, join Lighthouse, this is the time. Amen. And then fourth thing, and we out of here. If you need prayer, if you need prayer, you want to come and, and uh, just come to the altar however, however, you know, 
you see fit, this is the time for us to, amen? Amen. No pressure. We ain't calling nobody out. Um, sometimes you just want to come to the altar and pray, right? And if that's the case, and in this time of prayer, you want to talk to God and you want to be like, listen, I haven't been giving you. My offering of my life has been subpar. Keep it, I'm going to keep it a book. It ain't been good. Right? My faithfulness is off. My study is off. My prayer life is off. My living is off. I got, I ain't better. I'm bitter. Like, I ain't, I've been in this thing for a long time and I ain't no better. God, help me to be a better offering to you. Amen? Help my gifts, my talent, my two little copper coins be of service to the Father. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pray. And I just, I, I pray that the Spirit of God is going to move and whatever it is that you're up here for. It ain't, it ain't in me. It ain't in the prayer. It's in your, it's in the fact that you believe God's got you. Is it, don't, don't worry about God's got it. He is going to do the heavy lifting. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pray. Father God in heaven, oh God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can trust you with our vulnerabilities and our insecurities, God. We can be honest with you and come to you and say, God, my life offering, it hasn't been up to par, God. It hasn't been something that you would receive. It's been something that you would reject because of the way I've been giving it to you. And so, God, we pray right now, if that is somebody's prayer, Father God, we pray right now that you will forgive us, God, that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that you will renew within us, God, a clean heart and renew within us the right spirit. God, we, we place it before you. Father, I'm not worried about, hope they ain't worried about what nobody thinking, what nobody feeling, what nobody seeing. Because at the end of the day, I need you. We need you in a real way. God, we, we believe that the answer is you, that the solution is you, the remedy, the vaccine is all in you. And if my life hasn't been in, lived in such a way that's pleasing to you, God, forgive us course correct my life God I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict me in the areas that I haven't been faithful in God and I pray right now that in the areas where I lack faith God I, I believe Father help me in my unbelief help me in the areas where I struggle help me in the areas where I've compromised in the areas where I just flat out don't believe what you said bring out a revelation unto me Father God that's undeniable that while I may not know scriptures and I may not know hermeneutics and I don't know what the Greek and the Latin is, I know a move of God in my life. And because I know a real move of God in my life, I'm going to hold firm to what you said. I may not know or understand it all, but I know that you did it for my mama. And I know you did it for my grandmama. And then I've seen you do it for my cousin and my brother. I've seen a consistency in your actions, a consistency in your commitment to your people. And so I trust you by faith. I lean not to my own understanding, God, but in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you again, God. I'm going to allow you to direct my path, and I'm going to give my life back over to you in such a way that whatever it might be, God, whether it's the money that I have, God, if it's the business that I own, if it's the abilities that I have, if it's the impact and the reach that I have, the connection, God, use it all to your service. And help me to not be ashamed 
of what you've blessed me with. Because I know if I take the little bit that you've given me and I put it in some dirt and I let some sun and some water, God, that you'll add the increase. And then as you do that, Father God, you'll begin to use me as an example. You'll be able to allow others to see you and me. That you'll be glorified in my life. That, 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 that you'll be edified by the life that I live, Father God. Be pleased in what I do. Be pleased in the work that I do. Be pleased in my marriage, my relationships, the way I handle myself outside. We thank you now, God, that the change is taking place. That the 180, the shift, Lord God, is happening in our lives right now, God. And as we do it, Lord, keep adding to us, Lord God. Keep trusting in us with the test, Father God. Keep providing in us for us, God, in ways that only you can do. Don't let me get so arrogant and so cocky and so puffed up in my own self, God, that I forget that it's you that's the reason for it all. That my job may give me a check, but that you are my source. That going to the gym is good for my body, but it's you that heals my body. God, that the peace that I seek and I've longed for and I've been chasing after, Father God, with all these things that are like, like mist in the wind, Father God, it's all found in you. So, God, I surrender. I give it all to you. I recognize that you are everything. And I'm only here because of you. So, God, our prayer is that our life and our sacrifice and our offering will be genuine and sincere and heartfelt. And most importantly, God, let it be sacrificial. Help me to sacrifice again, to put off gratification, to quit wanting things instantly, but to be found busy about my Father's business and all things that I do. And watch this, and as you do that, God, we trust and believe, and we've seen you do it. You're ahead. The stuff we're chasing, you'll freely give it to us as we are chasing after you. So God, we honor you in this time of recommitment, of rededication, God, for those that it's revelation and a new knowledge and understanding of what the expectation is. Help us not to be buried, but to be planted in you. To, to give, whether it's from a place of poverty or pain or hurt or brokenness, God, if it's unto the Lord, God, God, be pleased with it. Add to it, Father God, so that we can see your glory and the, and the wonders that come from you in doing so. So God, we thank you right now that our mindset, our hearts have changed. Let it change for me. I love everybody here, God, but if I don't get it right, it don't matter. Let it change for time. That should be our prayer. Let it be real for us so you can be glorified in my life, God. That's all we want. That's our yearning. So, Father God, we thank you right now. Bless those that are here. Let the seed that was planted, let it land on good ground. Don't let it get, don't let it land on no sand or no, no harsh terrain. Don't let it get wrapped up by any weeds, Father God. We know when we leave, the enemy is going to try to take from us that which you've given to us. So, Father God, let it stay in our hearts. Let it speak to us and let us marinate on it, Father God, as we leave here. So real change can take place so we can walk out of the church and go into the world as the church. So, Father God, we thank you. We love you. 
We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for reconciliation with you and with others. Be glorified in our lives on the day, Father God, as we worship you, honor you, and once again live lives of servitude to you. We pray, we ask, and believe these things to be so. In Jesus' name, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. For all those that believe, can I get an amen? An amen. And we get an amen again. Amen. Amen. We can return to your seats, a high five. Somebody gets by the hug, whatever case may be. God can do it.